Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark Blunden and this is The Leader. Something unusual happened across London in the early hours of Friday. Three of the capital's flagship long-held Conservative boroughs were seized by Labour. Although Sir Keir Starmer's party failed to make larger gains in the UK local elections outside of the capital, the Liberal Democrats also enjoyed a strong night. Botting, Kirsten, local Conservatives, 1,680. Dobres, Lizzie, Labour Party, 2007. That was Wandsworth Town Hall at 5am after the borough went red for the first time in 44 years. So did Barnet, but the biggest shock was the behemoth of Westminster, now under Labour new management after being ruled by the Conservatives since 1964. There remains one true blue Tory redoubt in the centre of the capital, and that's Kensington and Chelsea, while they held Bexley, Hillingdon and many commuter belt councils sitting just outside of the boroughs. So what do these results mean for local residents and for the Prime Minister's political lifespan? We're joined by David Bond, the Standard's Deputy Political Editor. David, what's the picture in London? The big story is that Labour has won three flagship Conservative boroughs, Wandsworth, Westminster and Barnet. Huge symbolism with particularly Westminster and Wandsworth for Labour to take those. We've seen Sadiq Khan, Keir Starmer out and about in those boroughs really sort of uh, making uh, the most of those victories there. And no doubt that is a big blow to the Conservatives and Boris Johnson. I mean, just think about it. The Queen's speech next week will take place in a Labour-controlled borough, the Labour-controlled borough of Westminster, for the first time since it was formed in 1964. So that is really the big story of the day so far. The other big thing in London is the gains which the Lib Dems have made, particularly in southwest London, where, of course, they already have quite a stronghold in places like uh, Richmond, which they, they run the council in Richmond, but also Kingston. But what's happened overnight is that the Lib Dems have made further gains in Richmond, with the Conservative councillors pretty much disappearing, left 
for just one. And how are things looking nationally, particularly in Northern Ireland? Outside the capital, the picture for Labour is a bit more mixed. They haven't perhaps made the gains that Sakir Starmer might have hoped. I mean, Labour are sort of saying even to stand still on what they did in 2018, which is, of course, is all prior to the 2019 general election where you saw sort of Boris Johnson making big progress in uh, the so-called Red Wall, those areas of the North and Midlands, which really hadn't voted Conservative before, but did in the 2019 general election. You know, there are places which Labour have not perhaps made as much progress with. In Northern Ireland, well, that's a, a really, really fascinating story. We won't get the results until perhaps Saturday at the earliest. Counting will continue early into Saturday morning. But all the polls there in the run-up to the um, election suggested that Sinn Féin were going to end up becoming the biggest party in the Northern Ireland Assembly. Now, that is significant because that means that would give them the right for the first time since the Northern Ireland Assembly was created in 1998. It will give them the, the opportunity for the first time to choose the first minister of Northern Ireland, which is, again, hugely symbolic. And in the immediate term, it will lead to a great deal of political instability because the unionists and the biggest unionist party, the Democratic Unionist Party, the DUP, will probably not want to nominate a deputy first minister, which will mean it will be incredibly difficult to form an executive. What's the significance of these Labour gains in London and what were the doorstep issues for residents? I went down to Wandsworth before the election. I went down there for a couple of days and went on the campaign trail with the with both Labour and met the Conservative, now former leader of the council. And it was clear that, you know, in Wandsworth in particular, the Conservatives hoped that by banging the drum about the historic low council tax in the borough that they would, and pointing to their track record of delivery over 44 years that they've been in control of the council, it's quite staggering when you think of it since 1978, that that would be enough to see off this challenge from Labour, which of course they came very close last time in 2018 to winning overall control. There was only six seats difference. But in the end, Labour made clear in all their campaign material that they would keep council tax low. So they tried to reassure those voters that were maybe fed up over Partygate, maybe fed up over the cost of living, that they weren't about to start hiking tax rates. They also campaigned in Wandsworth on issues like housing, the environment, education. I talked to a few people on the street there and they were very worried about things like local community services, provisions for young people, bin collections, waste, all the sorts of local issues which you know really determine the fate in these elections when lots of journalists at the national level are focusing on the big issues around Boris Johnson and questions about party yet and so on. What do you think these results mean for the near future of the UK's political landscape? I think it's more part of this kind of longer term realignment of British politics and you now see London as a sort of such a Labour dominated stronghold and so separate to the rest of the country you have a Conservative Party which is you know now sort of making gains still or still performing strongly in the North and the Midlands and really struggling to hold on to seats in the South and potentially the Southwest where the Lib Dems could make some more progress. Why do you think Kensington and Chelsea has stayed blue, particularly against the backdrop of what's been revealed at the inquiry into the Grenfell Tower disaster? Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it, Kensington and Chelsea? As I understand it, you know, the socio-economic disparity between the sort of the poorer parts of Kensington and Chelsea and the wealthier parts is so much greater that it's really hard for Labour to make inroads into the 
those areas that have traditionally voted Conservative. And actually, the sort of the Labour Party in Kensington and Chelsea is seen as much more of the left than perhaps in Wandsworth or Westminster. And so I think it's just much harder to bridge that gap between the two parties. And so I think there was sort of a much higher bar there to make any progress. Of course, the MP at the moment, Felicity Buchan, is a Conservative. We had that brief couple of years where you had Emma Dent Code, who was very much of the sort of left of centre in Kensington and Chelsea briefly between 2017 and 2019. So that swung back to the Conservatives at the general election. How bothered is number 10 by the outcome? Is it simply the traditional midterm local elections bloody nose or perhaps something more serious for Boris Johnson? Well, the Conservative Party chairman, Oliver Dowden, was sent out to try and sort of put the results in a slightly more positive context this morning. But even he acknowledged that some of, as he put it, difficult headlines that the party has experienced over the past few months will have played their part. I mean, they are effectively midterms. You know, we're still potentially two years away from a general election. They will argue that governments always get a hammering in these local council elections when people are fed up about the direction of travel on certain things. But I think if you look at the sort of the mounting challenges which are coming for Boris Johnson, so even if you just put aside Partygate and how that all plays out, whether he gets more fines in the future and there's questions over his integrity and so on. I mean, you saw it from the Bank of England yesterday raising interest rates again and warning of a recession. The cost of living crisis is already starting to bite. We've got a conservative government that has been in power for many, many years now. And I think we are just getting to that point where it's going to become harder and harder as we head into a general election for the Conservatives to keep hold of that majority. There's more on this story in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. We're back on Monday at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.